a Samosa with Seth podcast, the spiciest podcast around. <laughs> yeah, boy. It's looking spicy. Hello, and welcome back to Samosa with Seth. I'm your host, Seth, and today we have a different kind of episode. Usually I have the person with me. I can touch them. I can speak to them. I can feel them. But today we're doing it on Zoom because for reasons we'll get into later, my special guest today is Harris Mahmood. Welcome, Harris, to the episode. Hello. The podcast. Hello. <laughs> Tell us about yourself, Harris. Who are you? Um, that's a that's a really deep question. You've you've really you don't need make it deep. You can just surface level. D- d- Imagine I was a cute goodie, right? She asked, "Hi, what's your name?" What would you tell me? I don't have much experience with that, man. <laughs> oh, that's that's okay. That's okay. Um, so uh, my name is Harris. Uh, I am twenty-two. Live in Glasgow. And recently graduated, Mashallah. and going through a bit of a crisis, and uh, hopefully get out of this and become a lawyer, uh, maybe in immigration or something like that. What's the crisis all about? Oh, the crisis. The crisis. Well, so I, I graduated in the summer, right, mm-hmm. and uh, went straight into the pandemic, right, straight into coronavirus, and uh, didn't have a graduate job lined up, um, but I was supposed to do a master's. But then that master's got cancelled because it's in, it's in the Netherlands. Oh. And so I was kind of in limbo. I was literally unemployed. So suddenly I went from hotshot Glasgow Uni graduate to a loser who lives with his parents. <laughs> right. well, that's, that's the Asian um, culture. You have nothing against living with your parents, no? Yeah, yeah. But when you compare yourself to your white law mates, you're, you're just a loser who lives with his parents. Um, so, uh, so yeah, pandemic hit over the summer, as we all know, it was kind of, kind of messed up. And then, uh, I got an opportunity to teach English in China. So I took that opportunity and we'll talk a lot on that more. we will talk, Later. there's a lot of delay, but hopefully Sunday or Saturday even, I'll be away. Let's start with yeah. <laughs> how I met you. Uh, I met you in 2016, I think. 2016. And from the way I meet every, like, a lot of people, I know it's through <laughs> charity stuff. <laughs> I know it's a funny thing, I'm not even a part of any of it anymore, but I met a lot of people and you're one of them, Harris. Yeah. We cutie yeah. Harris I met. I was told yeah. that <laughs> you're a bit of a fuckboy. Uh, I'm not going to out the people that said that, but I don't I think they were just generalising. I think they were just saying that because they just... Uh, put what they thought you were onto you. You have any comments on that? Well, you you told one of our mutual friends, Uzair. Yeah. Right. And when my name came up, he was like, oh, do you know this guy? And you went, oh, yeah, I don't really like him. No, no I never said that. I said I was, said- I knew, I've heard that he was a <laughs> fuckboy. I never said I didn't like you. And then, uh, and then you went, oh, yeah, he's a bit of a fuckboy. I was like, well, excuse me, what? <laughs> Here's me with the uh, with abs- getting absolutely zero action, right? The close, the furthest thing away, and uh, here's uh, here's this uh, this comparison to a fuckboy. I'm not gonna lie, deep down I was kind of flattered. Flattered? Are you gonna say I'll take it, man. I'll take anything. At that point, I will take anything. What about now? You got standards? You've been definitely not. Man. What's your type, Paris? 
No, don't ask me that, man. Not yet. Not yet. That's too oh, early. Okay, okay, That's okay, too okay. early. Man. <laughs> One of the first experiences I had with you is we went to Edinburgh for a charity okay. dinner. Okay, and then you were like, fuck it, let's just leave. <laughs> That's right. And just go into the town. That's right. And it's still memorable. I'm glad we did it. You just had to convince yeah. me to do it. But yeah. I'm glad. We have the pictures to prove it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Oh. I think it was hilarious because we ended up going to this charity dinner, um, Islamic Relief funding us <laughs> on their bus to go all the way to Edinburgh and to be part of this big group raising money. And what do we do? Instead, we uh, take our Ubers, go straight into Princess Street and just piss around <laughs> until, the food, and, hang on, until the food gets served in the hole. And jump straight into chicken kebabs. And it's, a, it's a good idea. We should do more often with charity yeah. events. <laughs> charity events, not, not what we did. What made you join the charity? Um, I, was always, I was always interested. My dad's really charitable. He oh, right. to charity. So, so it's always been in the family. You know, He gives the cards way over 2.5% every year. And it's always been in the family. Um, I'll, I'll, I, when I first went to a charity week meeting, I loved the community. I loved how everyone was just nice, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I've had other experiences, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. But you know, when you're <laughs> when you're when you're 16, yeah, and um, and you know, when you're 16, you want everyone to be your friend, and everyone was just yeah. super nice in charity week. So when I got when I got to that first meeting, I remember a guy called Sakab Ahmed came up to me, basically took me under his wing. I was like, God, this guy's great. And the rest of them were the same. So I ended up doing that for a few years. It was good. So what, what age were you when you got into it? 16. 16. Young man. I think I was so 18 at the time. Yeah, I think you were, in, you were 18. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Harris. The first thing anyone ever finds out about Harris is that he went to private school. That's right, man. Tells about that. Can't escape it, man. Can't escape it. It's just there. Um, it's part of your identity. It is, man. It is, and uh, I still don't know if I'm all right with that because uh, sometimes, you know, especially when I left school, I realised no one cares about school you went to. Yeah. No one cares. There's no clout to go into a private school. In fact, sometimes it's the opposite. Where when you tell people, you've created this barrier. You've created a divide, right? You know. And um, and sometimes I think that, uh, well, I know this for a fact, that I was sheltered when I was in school, right? Um, and uh, I think Layla, I saw her podcast, she went to a boarding school. Episode four, same thing. watch it if you yeah. haven't, tell the listeners, listen to it, I mean, but yeah. Great, great episode. And um, she was the same, uh, she said the same thing, it was, you're sheltered, you saw how people who are pretty wealthy, pretty rich, how they lived or or how they did things. And there's kind of subtle things. So, for example, uh, I remember one thing. After school, almost every single day, me and my friends would go to Morrison's, which was just next to Crossmullis train station. And we'd go into Morrison's. Of course, I'd never have any money. I'd just go for, for, for the banter, right? But these kids would come out with bags full of sweets just to eat on their train journey. To Wait, people? Me- both, both, to really? be honest. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, they, they'd have a bag full of sweets to eat on their train journey from Crossmother to Giffnock. Um, if you know Crossmother to Giffnock. Isn't that like right there, isn't it? 
That's it's like, a twelve minute. It's a twelve minute train. <laughs> right. So um, it was crazy, and they had money all the time, basically. And those, these are the subtle differences where, you know, if I went to a state school, these guys aren't going to Morrison's every time. They might go get chips for like one pound. That's fine, but they're not spending ten or everything. So yeah, cool. so, subtle things like that. Interesting. In high like school, that. you had Hassan Bashir. You had your crew. Yeah, yeah, What's your school that. experience like? Do you know, um, it's really it's really funny. It's kind of evolutionary, right? You want safety in numbers, right? So all the Asians stuck together, <laughs> right? Um, which is amazing, right? Because if we didn't have that, we had these whitewashed kind of coconut type Asians, which I was in first year, right? If we had that the whole time, we would have come out of school with, I think, zero mates, to be honest. Because I know it's hard to get accepted when you're, when you're Asian, especially in a private school. There's kind of a, a mentality of some people where they kind of look down on you. Uh, and I've experienced that myself because I really? went there. Yeah, man. It happens. It happens. What happened? Give examples. Well, take it. Take it this way, right? And my friends actually don't agree with me on this, but I, I think that's true, right? Uh, all the fights, and there are hardly any fights in a private school, by the way. Probably get one or two a year, right? And, but all the fights in, in, in when I was in school, 80% of the people involved were Asian. Now, I know that's because Asians love fighting. Right? <laughs> Just a fact, right? But it's also because, and you the other you know, the majority of, of other people, I knew they were egging the Asians on because they know how easily they can get riled up, right? And, uh, of course, it, you know, baseless in terms of, right, oh, it's not racist or anything, but I think there's something to it, if that makes sense, right? And it's a bit controversial, but that's what I thought, anyway. <laughs> and I don't, I don't see why proportionally 80% of the Asians are always getting into fights, right? Clearly, there's some sort of hierarchy within the, within the year, right? What was um, it like? So you had, I'd assume mostly white people, right? Mm-hmm. Then what? So you had Asians. You have anything else? We had uh, we had uh, some one or two Chinese people. We had a lot of Jewish people, of course, um, and who are you know, pretty much normal, like white people. <laughs> um, normal. normal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just like you know, and um, and we had. Uh, Indians and Pakistanis, and Did they get along. With, well, it depended, right? It, it depends. So, um, in in our crew, we have a mix, right? A mass, huge rainbow. We have white guys as well, right? Um, and we got on great. That's also because we had similar personalities. We like sports. Um, we like cricket. That was that was the main one, um, and we all sort of got on with each other. Um, then you had some of the the Indians and the Pakistanis. Who were more studious types, right? <laughs> trying to be nice, trying to be nice about that, yeah. Mm. And so, uh, you know, they were kind of nerdy. They would just stay in the library and do their own thing, right? But the ones that we had they were cool. But I think it's interesting, uh, you know, when you say that about fighting, right? Why do Asians get in fights? Well, um, the because we always used to get into fights. What's the best way to like, you know, um, win a fight? It's to have your boys behind you, right? Mm-hmm. To have a big group. So. That's not the only reason why we formed a big group and there were safety numbers, but it was one of the reasons. Right? And we had a big group, 14 guys, yeah. Uh, you know, we knew that, you know, if no one can really touch us, right? And if they did, 
then it'd be a bit more complicated for another person. Uh, and in general, it's hilarious. It's been uh, part of a big group. Yeah. Do you still talk to them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time. So we go on holiday every year. We did Zoom quizzes during lockdown. Mates for life, to be honest, man. That's it's cute. really good. It's cute, man. Soulmates. Soulmates, man. Your group. The cutest. Wait, you mean you mean as in like the? I don't know, man. But Hassan was here, man. He, he is was, a key. Uh, he was, he he's a key. key. He's a key guy, man. <laughs> he's been on the podcast. <laughs> if you've not listened, you can listen to that episode as well. Uh, yeah. So from being sheltered in a private school, you go for uni. What was that like? What was your options um, at first? Do you know? sticking to like the crew having the crew man you know you go from having solid mates for six years seeing each other at lunch literally every lunch time every break time hanging out with each other having some interest to uni where people are so different man i went to glasgow uni in the west end and fuck me man some of the people uh, you meet them and they're just they're a different breed honestly you don't know where they've come from are they from England or are they from fucking Chesterfield or where are they from? I, I had no idea. A different breed, man, different accents, different personalities. And uh, I think that kind of put me off. Um, and uh, I never really got close to anyone. In really? Uni. Yeah, man. A uh, few guys, one of them is a really good mate of mine. Um, but apart from that, you know, really didn't have a, a group or anything like that. That's sad. How did you survive? How did you... Get on? Did you just get on with it, man. focus on studies? I know you had. Uh, yeah. I went to McEwen. I went to school. I went to my only school. Met, <laughs> only met. Only met in fourth year, though. Um. So and only briefly. Only mm. briefly. Mad cute. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But you tell me, or you know. I'm sure you've had times in, in uni where you've just done things on your own. Yeah, I have. Like, I've not always had a group and a part of it is just doing shit on your own. But I've been an extrovert. I get on with everyone. And in Strathclyde, I feel most people are normal. We have like yeah. people from all over, which culturally... More, more normal than fucking on, Glasgow Uni, man. Glasgow yeah. Uni and the West End. I have the, the stigma of oh, being... That's the- yeah, yeah. Stuck up and kind of weird at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's the the Glasgow Uni accent is a thing. Oh, fuck. The... That was the worst. <laughs> that was the worst. Yeah, I, started, I started to pick that up, man. That was the worst. That one. I hope you got rid of it. Yeah, I did. I did. Kind of. Probably not. But... What was your biggest struggle during your uni time? During uni? Uh I said two things, right? One is obviously not having a group, right? Right, because you you need humans need groups, man. Right, it's important. You can't do things on your own. So I tell people all the time: get a group. I don't care how don't care how weird they are, how different they are. Just get a group, man. Uh, but the next, the, the second thing is fucking group projects. I had some disaster stories in my group projects, and 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 in one of them. I, there was three girls that I was with, and it was me. Sure and I literally like I had a shouting contest on level three, Glasgow University Library. And if you don't know level three, level three is like a cafeteria area. And so we'd sit in the cafeteria area, packed 3 p.m. 
and I had a like, straight up shouting contest with three of the girls. And they were like, well, you've not done the work. And I was like, shut the fuck up. I've done the work, Anna. What the fuck you on about? And she was like, no, you've not, you've not, you've not. I was like, yeah, yeah, no, no. I have, I have. Just back and forth, back and forth. But you had done the work. I mean, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so you didn't have done I, the work? No, no, no. I did it, but I really, really struggled. So mine was, a, it was terrible. Honestly, I'll be the first. It was a horrible piece that I did. Right, but I think the way they reacted was totally irrational, right? But I mean, the shouting contest was just one of the worst moments. I went home that day, I was like, oh Christ, man, I'm not cut out for this. How did you resolve it? No, if you didn't, man, you really didn't. I I sent in, I sent my part to them, however shit it was, they managed to do something. (laughs) And I ended up with a B1, and I ended up with a B1. I still ended up with a B1, right? And that's a pretty good mark. Uh, but group projects so you never yeah, so you never I'm tried to find a group then you you just knew you were this you know well, that, that's outsider. one of the yeah it's one of the regrets man you know I, I, when I got into uni I saw they were all weird and different and I was like nah well these, are, these aren't for me I'll just not get a group just not make one uh, that's not what you should do because I went through first and second year of uni pretty alone right and uh, straight up man eating lunch by yourself and stuff that was normal right and for me that's just not me at all mm-hmm. and um, and you know that yeah and so uh i would say to anyone like it doesn't matter just try and find someone get your get your boys get your group or something like that try and make friends so it may become much easier going you know? back you want <laughs> going back would you change that would you adapt to the weirdos uh, yeah definitely even if it's for show man you gotta do man you gotta give a bit of i guess i guess better the lgbt rights than that <laughs> <laughs> better they don't see my gender type you know you gotta do it that's true i've got to do it, I've got to do it man i was doing a thing on glasgow uni i was looking at a buildings and relate to racism and it turns out they have a building named after like a big racist name was James oh, really? Watt That's James it. Watt? Yeah. Inventor of the steam engine? Yeah, legit he also the name for the power unit of Watt but yeah, yeah, he yeah. was a character <laughs> deeply read in history but Glasgow Uni their library, do they have the, the level you know, Cali has, has level 2 Strathclyde also has level two. UWS is just all of it, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what does Glasgow Uni have? Where at it is right, popping. I've seen it before. At the right time of the year, which is just before exams. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that April, May. Level three. Level three? Is that the group level study? Can rival, level three can rival Strathy level two. Shall I? Yeah. You got any stories from level three? Do I have any stories? <laughs> Do I have any stories, man? I've got, got quite a few stories. Um, I know I know people getting quite friendly in level three. <laughs> seen it before. And uh, if you know if you know level three, you go and take a left and there's a wee booth. The booth area, I saw it was the booth area, isn't it? Mm. It's kind of in the corner, totally exclusive. And there was some drama once, actually. There was some drama between um, two 
foreign students where they were dating, they were going out, and <laughs> the guy left the girl because he ended up um, like for getting feelings for someone else. Oh right? shit, man! And uh, could have been and, the rebound. Yeah, and and so he was sat in one booth with his mates, but obviously they met in that area, mm-hmm. so he would still sit with her mates in the other booth. And there was some awkward eye contact going on, man. I saw it myself. Did you overhear was, this? Were you part of it? No? Yeah, I was, I was kind of, kind of not part of it, but like, um, heard, I was sitting with him. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, he told me. So, sure, that's that a shame. Foreign students, man. It's mad. It's mad with him. Do you not have any of your own personal things in level three? <laughs> share something with us. Give us something here. The listeners, do want to know I'll something. Be I'll be honest, man. Not really. Because I, I actively avoided mm-hmm. level three. It wasn't for me, man. You know? mm-hmm. I actively avoided Glasgow in the library. Because uh, it's just, you're just alone the whole time. Right? It's usual. Did you never think to join yeah. any societies like the GUMSA? Well, I did join GUMSA. GUMSA? The, yeah, and... Um, trust me, man, this is one of the regrets I had from uni. These, these are the regrets. I never joined enough. I never went to enough. Mm-hmm. I never tried enough. For the first two years, right, I didn't do anything. I didn't do enough. And I wasted those two years when really I should have been making more mates um, and seeing more things, learning more things. Um, and that's the problem. It was a really uneventful time in my life, to be honest, for huh. those two years. The, event, the events happened one year after. <laughs> Getting on to year three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You went to Germany? Yeah. Tell us about that. Well, I was, um, the uni come to me, they say, um, no, you know, we're doing year abroad for law students. Lots of people go, you know, this would be really good for you. I was like, right, anything to get the fuck out of Glasgow, Glasgow, I'm done. Right? I need to do something because I'm wasting my life here. So I ended up going to Germany, Mainz, beautiful city to do a year abroad, right? Um, and this is where, you know, you're literally, you know, I could survive on my own in Glasgow. You can't survive on your own in a different fucking country. Can't do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm in this new place. And uh, of course, naturally, your, own, your only mates at the beginning are gonna be English speakers, mm-hmm. right? So I, I get in and the people that I'm mates with is pretty much the same people that I was actively avoiding. Weird. In Glasgow. Glasgow. (laughs) Shit, man. Well. Or or so I thought. Or so I thought. Okay, okay. And um, we end up forming a wee group, right? Some French people, some people from Glasgow Uni, some from Dunsess. And uh, you slowly, slowly start to bond, right? And so, yeah, you don't agree with everything. You don't get their banter. They don't get yours, right? Me and my mates. culture difference. the culture difference. Me and my mates, we take the piss out of each other to a different level. You can't do that with them. They're too sensitive. Mm-hmm. So that's a fact, right? Um, and so, uh, you know, you adapt. And by Christmas, I honestly had met some of the best friends in my entire life. Right? Do you by Christmas. stay contact with them? Still stay in contact to this day. And not just that. One of my best mates, actually, um, was Italian. One of my best mates was Italian. He could speak very, very little English. And this guy was A2, right? And so um, when he was speaking English, you know, before I would have been like, who's this fucking foreign fuck? Right? <laughs> I'm 
and hang out with him. Like, that's what he's doing. So I'm waiting for it. You know, foreigners aren't people. They're just, <laughs> just foreign. Like, you know, like, come on, man. You're in Glasgow. A foreign person comes up to you, right? You're just like, all right, okay, hi, hello. And you, where are you from? And that's it, right? Never ever contact them again. They're mm-hmm. not people. They're just, they're just foreign. When I was there, I realized, oh, hang on. They've actually got families. That's fucked. They've got some substance, right? So I started, I started hanging out with them. One of the guys is into the gym. Okay. Started political science. He's into the gym. He's from uh, Rome in Italy. Spoke very little English, but he's into football and stuff. And somehow we just became best mates, honestly. Really, really good mates. Um, even though he spoke hardly any English. And amazing, his English improved. He taught me some Italian words. And to this day, man, I, I'm still chilling with him. I'm still calling him and stuff. That's good, man. Um, but even even the, the group that I was, the English speakers group, one of the guys, and I, I even named this guy, his name is Joseph, right? his name is Joe. He's straight up mate for life. He's, he's become my mate for life. Him and a guy called Nico, right? Both of them just became mates for life because we all three of us studied in Glasgow Uni. So we had the same kind of ex- experience. We were like, oh my God, look at this, look at that. Um, and gone really well, man. Really well. And, and Joe is a guy from uh, Mansfield Town in England near Nottingham. It's a small town. Yeah. They voted for Brexit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and this is the type of guy that I was actively avoiding. I swear to God, actively avoiding. Right? But, you know, me and him, we travelled together. We ended up becoming best mates. Straight up told each other our life stories. And I was like, this, this would never have happened if I stayed in Glasgow. Right? This is a different type of guy. Different type of guy. My mates are like, you know, shields and... You know, <laughs> Fucking, mm. You know, you get me, like Asian shisha bars, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, that was good. That was interesting. So, open your eyes. Open open <laughs> your eyes, man. Open my eyes, especially you, with people. You realise not everyone is as weird as you may think at first. So, in Germany, tell me, what did you eat? Good question, man. Halal food was actually not too difficult to get. There's a lot of Turkish people in, in Germany. Um, uh, lots of Turkish immigration so there was a, a, a Turkish supermarket that did halal chicken and uh, there was a duner kebab a, do you know duner? it's not like yeah. the type of shite the shite that you get you know that, that tuppy that you get like in your packy corner shop yeah what's the difference? it's like um, shawarma oh okay, okay. no it's not shawarma it's yeah. like shawarma right but it's like a bit higher quality a bit healthier leaner meat Right, and the stuff you get from here is like, yeah, you know, a fucking elephant's leg. Right? <laughs> Straight up, man, awful, great. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, yeah, the the show that you get here. So I, I was in, I ate that a lot actually. It was only like four euros, which is like the same as like three pounds, three fifty. That was a that was a good lunch. It's like a meal deal. It fills you up proper. Food was good, but I was pretty much on because I was on the health grind, fitness grind. I was chicken and rice, chicken and pasta every evening. Good. That feel. Did you ever get bored of it? You ever mixed yeah, on? You do, but I realised that that's, I used to eat food for pleasure before. Uh, anything that tasted good. And then I realised food isn't pleasure, it's medicine. Um, and it's for sustenance. So started eating for like muscle growth and, and fitness. Started getting into that. And Germany was quite good for that because, you know, you know, mum 
you can't rely on mum to cook for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to do this shit yourself. So I learned a few dishes, healthy stuff, um, and still use it and still will use it in the future. Inshallah. Which is good. Tell us some stories of adventures in Germany. So, so basically, um, in the city that where I was, there was a, a mines, the mines train station. It's called the Hauptbahnhof. It's like the middle of the whole city, right? Um, and so that's like the first thing you, you see whenever you get there. And uh, I remember getting the bus to my accommodation, right? And uh, near the Hauptbahnhof, near the train station, I would drive past, or the bus would drive past this, this place, right? Um, and it was, the name was called Das Crazy, right? Okay. Which is kind of, the crazy in, in German. And uh, it looked quite a nice establishment. I was like, oh, this looks all right. It was in the morning, right? I was like, oh, interesting. I wonder what that is. It's probably a club or a bar, a nice hip, trendy, yeah. Jamie um, is known for his nightclubs. Yeah, it's not bad, not bad, not a bad scene. And so uh, when I met up with all my mates, I was like, oh, all right, lads, um, you know, where are we going tonight? <laughs> and uh, everyone was like sort of talking over. And I was like, oh, why don't we go to that Das Crazy? Yeah, I mean, check that out. So we, we, get, we get the bus to the train station. I was going up to Das Crazy. It's fucking totally transformed from what it was in the morning. At night, it's a different beast. And I see loads of these men, like, crowding around. That's crazy. I was like, I don't know. Okay. Maybe it's a bit of shit bar, right? I see loads of guys. So <laughs> we're about to walk in, right, until someone stops and, and he goes, where are you going? He's like, just in there. He's like, nine, nine. You can't go in there. It's like, why not? Like, <laughs> then someone had to translate the bouncer and he went, that's a brothel. <laughs> <laughs> and me... And all my uni mates, yeah, girls and everything, they just look at me like, oh, fuck. We okay. literally just... You think they'd have a different name, you know? We've taken a, we've taken a trip into a fucking bo- a train into a brothel for a good time. We never went in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know. That, that. After the podcast, tell me what really happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What happened the day after? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. That was a funny, that was a funny story, man. It was good. Uh, there, there's so, so many like weird kind of stories like that, man. Germans are really, uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're really, they, they love things organized. Mm-hmm. I, was a, I, was a, I was in Juma in Germany. Actually, I've got a, sorry, a great story, actually. So I did, I did Ramadan in, in Germany. And that's kind of, kind of lonely, right? So kind of got all these like mates from Pakistan, right? So I was like, let's go to a mosque, to Ramadan, right? And we went to a Bosnian mosque. Now, for some people who don't know Bosnia, it's near Serbian, uh, sorry, near Serbia, right? There's a heavy and mask, right? Killed a bunch yeah, of people. Yeah, exactly, exactly, the Bosnian genocide. And um, the people look, but they look Russian, right? The people look Russian, like that type of ethnicity, they're white. And so we went to this Bosnian mosque, and um, I go in, take shoes off, do bozo. Go into the prayer hall. All I see is just a bunch of white people. <laughs> and and be, and because Bosnians, they're ethnic Bosnians, but they're mm-hmm. born in Germany. Mm-hmm. They, they look German. Oh, okay. So I walk into this, and I swear to God, it's like being in a mosque with German people. Could you imagine that? Imagine like Albert from down the street, and a, a hundred of them, and they're in a mosque, and they're all praying like proper Muslims. <laughs> Where is this happening? <laughs> And yeah, like, 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 proper, right? 
and 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 I, I've never experienced this, man. The most that we have here are Pakistani. Mm-hmm. That's it. In in London, you get some Bengali ones. That Max, yeah, you get some other nationalities. Bro, here is Pakistani, all the most. It must have been a nice feeling to see, like the people. Amazing. You would on a normal day just. Man, me, me and my six Paki mates walking in, yeah, thinking we're it, and we end up being a minority. <laughs> we're the, at least in the most for the majority, yeah, we're a minority within a minority. Crazy, and and so we just see all these these white people just praying. It was beautiful, such a good feeling. Then we go into the, um, then we go into the. The food area, right, to, to open open fast, right? So we're about to break our rosa, and uh, elder men get led into the kitchen. It's beautiful, man. The food, Bosnian food's amazing. The cuisine is unbelievable. They got really good stuff, quite carb thing, carb like dough and stuff like that. But we noticed that there's not really segregation. <laughs> okay. Hang on, man. I mean, there was a kind of like a natural barrier, but there was no physical barrier. You're like, shit, man, we packies out of that. <laughs> you could see on the other side everything. And the, the, the women would serve you the food. So me and my six mates, we sit down and like, I would just sit here, mate. I'll just get a good view. <laughs> and then, yeah, I'll take a seat, mate. <laughs> it's like, it's like Russian models with hijabs on. <laughs> uh, that is what I was looking at. I was, I was looking at models, with, white models with hijabs. I was like, oh, I was like, I don't know if I'm in heaven right now, man. But you know what? I, I'm going to stay here for a bit, man. I'm going to stay here. <laughs> I might get some more courses on. That was amazing. <laughs> to actually see that many white people and just acting like Muslims. Not acting, Muslims. they are. <laughs> they are Muslims, right? Yeah. But also acting like Muslims. Uh, practicing. And practicing. And I was like, this is the best. I think this is one of the best experiences of my life. In my life. That was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> these, and then these guys from Pak here, yeah, whenever the women would come and serve them food, they were going mad. As soon as you leave, as soon as you leave, they go, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> Like, oh, tequila, tequila. <laughs> oh, tequila. Um, Amazing. What? That was hilarious. That was, that was so funny. Now you know where so you're going to find your, your wifey's at. Easy. Easy. That's, that's my film love with that culture. We, we have a bad here, man. There's not much, uh, not much slum pickings in Glasgow. <laughs> yeah, it's segregation. That's the problem. <laughs> Open the borders. Open up the borders, man. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, like that, that. I'm serious. Do you, any, see if I brought any of my mates, they they would have that, they would remember that experience. And then really once once we're allowed to travel, man, that's where I'm heading off. Germany. And 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 then outside in the car park, obviously the, the boys and girls kind of talk to each other and stuff. And they're just speaking German. It's like it's like twenty year old German and German guys and girls. Obviously, they're having a normal conversation, uh, a platonic one. But they're <laughs> the kind of girls I'd see like, at uni, but in hijabs and they're religious. Oh, man, I, I, I'm just I'm just taken back. I feel like I'm. I feel that's, like that's the dream, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool.
Um, is there any misconceptions about Germans that you think's out there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you know, the stuff that happened in World War Two. Oh. Right? Germans, Germans have been educated to death about that. They are way, way more knowledgeable about race, ethnicity, um, discrimination than people in Britain. We don't even get taught about colonialism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Germans get World War Two and what they did to the Jews drilled into them from a young age. They know what they did, right? And they're really, really aware of it, and it's really serious as well. Um, so, and, and that's the biggest misconception, right? Um, the other one is maybe that they're arrogant and are the standoffish. I would say they are, but they're actually super helpful. They're straight to the point. They're direct. I like that. It's a good culture. It's good. Let's uh, take on a lighter note. Lighter. You told me before the episode you created a TikTok and you have a YouTube channel. Tell yeah. us about them. Quite, quite low-key, but uh, I'm bored. I'm super bored in lockdown. And uh, I found myself watching way too much YouTube and <laughs> I ended up getting TikTok, man. Fucking TikTok. Honest to God. So I, I find myself like watching these over and over again. And I'm like, you know, I keep I keep consuming, and if there's one rule in life, you can't keep consuming. You've got to produce, mm-hmm. right? So now I'm like, well, I don't just want to be like passively watching on and wasting my time. I want to make use of this. So now, I actually want to create something. Now I'm not gonna go and start doing Corvette dances, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do that shit. But I can use what I've been through, and that's law school, mm-hmm. to give some tips on how to do it properly, not make the same mistakes I did, you know? So that's what I did. So on TikTok, that's what I do. Um, and on YouTube, I've got a YouTube channel with my mate from, from law school. And we summarize like statutes, history behind legal texts and stuff. And I'm looking at my niche and I'm thinking, okay, I need to start producing some content here because there's no way that I'm just gonna sit there passively watch things, you know, and give other people fame and clout mm-hmm. and money. If you keep doing it, you may as well do it yourself. Uh, yeah, and it's not about the money, man. It's about helping people. It's got to provide a service for people, that's it. So tell it's the hardest thing. hardest thing is being consistent, but you know true. yourself. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> I do these episodes whenever I'll feel like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's it. And, and the truth is, when you can get consistent, that's when something really grows. Uh, definitely. Um, and I'm sure, man, if you become consistent with the podcast, you'll... Well, now that I know I can do it in Zoom, places. I'll get bloody whoever on, you know what I mean? Hit me up, listeners, you want to be on this? So tell the name of your TikTok and your YouTube channel, promote it. If you want to, like, I'm just trying to, like, I'm sure somebody listening to this might study law and they want to hear. Yeah, definitely. Uh, TikTok's at HarrisM98. So it's got loads of tips for law students, right? Um, And the YouTube channel is called International Law Explained, right? So on there, we have some uh, summaries of, uh, for example, the Bosnian genocide, uh, World War II, Nuremberg. That's why I know oh, so much sense. about World War II, right? But how so, does that relate but, to law? Or is that just your so, industry as well? Yeah, no. So there were so many like legal statute, legal trials that happened because of these events. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that a lot of people don't know the history behind it. So we have very, very short summaries, one, two minutes of why this statue or this mm-hmm. statue means a, an act of like a, a law, right? Oh, right? Why this law or why this trial happened, basically, just to give people a basic summary. Oh, yeah. right, no, that's good. It's good that you're creating 
TikTok has a stigma to it. <laughs> <Tosma>. <laughs> it was a bunch of like people just dancing and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this. You know, uh, you know the worst thing is you. Mm-hmm. It's the algorithm. Mm. And now the algorithm knows what I like. <laughs> what, what is it you like? <laughs> I think you know, man. <laughs> shoot someone you gotta shoot me it's the same, same thing every single guy on TikTok likes you <clears throat> and when it knows what you like yeah, it just keeps giving you more and more yes, of course. and then you can and then you go from spending 10 minutes on it to fucking 4 hours <laughs> I personally don't have a TikTok but okay. I've seen people who do have TikToks and yeah, yeah. it seems kind of just frivolous it seems kind of pointless like other than, uh, what you're doing is what you're doing has a point to it what yeah. they're doing is just like, what is this? What's the meaning of this? Yeah. I'll be honest. Well, my, my cousins, right? My cousins use it. They're young. Right? Right? They got, there. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> so they're, they're young, right? They're girls. Right. So they, they use it. They use it, right? Uh, and, and to be honest, they have so much fun making oh, TikToks. So they fun. made so many in lockdown. They, made, they had so much fun. It was hilarious. And I've seen it. Um. And that's that's absolutely fine. That's fair enough, right? Um, but yeah, there's a lot. There's useless junk, garbage on TikTok. Garbage, man. Garbage advice. Garbage people. Toxic traits. Loads of that crap, man. There's a lot of that. And 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 that's what really got me like annoyed. I was like, I'm watching this. I'm like, I can't just keep watching this crap. Like, mm-hmm. and I know it's gonna keep. It's gonna make me come back. Yeah, it's gonna give me come back. Yes. Yeah. Let's keep watching it. I need to start. So, you know, yeah. level the playing field here, man. Get some good TikToks out there. So that's what I did. So that's a bit fun for the other people. <clears throat> but I feel someone got to grow up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think I can't disagree, man. Yeah. Can't disagree, man. You wanted to talk about, that's on to our next topic. You wanted mm. to talk about marrying outside your culture and or religion yeah man that's a, a crazy one isn't it this is the spicy one depends who you ask so tell me your views on it Harris. what about so what about you man like, so for you do you think it's easier for you to uh, outside the culture outside the culture right. religion wise I only I'm Muslim girl you know what I mean yeah, yeah, it's yeah. for the spiritual right. aspects, you know what I mean? And obviously the religious aspects will come of that. But culture, I don't really care about. Because I don't even feel full, feel fully ingrained in my own culture, you know what I mean? I don't feel like a yeah, full yeah, Pakistani. Yeah. I can understand Punjabi, Tiny Bell Urdu. I can speak it fluently, you know what I mean? So therefore, I don't really feel a part of it. 100%, I like Desi music sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Desi food, of course, because you're raised on it. But other than that, I guess there's like cultural norms, like some things you'd seem acceptable that other people wouldn't. But I'm up to eating. Like I've even said to my family, like I like black girls. How do you feel about that? And yeah, yeah they make sure. terrible jokes and shit. But, but they're up for it. You know what I mean? So if I ever came for that, yeah, sure. I'd be down. Yeah. How about yourself? I think so. Your view that um you know i don't care who i marry as long as they're muslim mm-hmm. is pretty much i think the predominant view in our generation now. Mm-hmm. i think I, pretty much everyone i speak to is you know smart educated they're you know they don't care about culture um they don't care about race they, mm-hmm. they care if they're muslim right for me that obviously exists but i don't think it goes far enough 
And the reason for that is that when I went to Germany, I found that um, human beings are much more similar than we think. Yeah. Right? Doesn't matter which culture, doesn't matter which religion. Um, everyone wants to have kids. Everyone wants to raise them well. They want to get educated. Um, they want to stay healthy. They want to stay spiritual. Um, the list goes on, right? Every single person in the world wants that, right? The only differences, I think, when it comes to religions is <clears throat> moral issues based upon, um, you know, homosexuality, abortion, um, all these types of kind of religious aspects, religious issues, opinions that some people have, some people don't, right? And for me, those issues have completely stopped having an opinion on them. And, and the reason for that is because it just takes up so much mental energy to focus on people that, first of all, you're never even in contact with. And second of all, they're living their life. I'll live mine, mm-hmm. right? If I don't agree with something, so be it, right? Yeah. In China, right, in some parts of China, people eat dogs, right? You tell someone, you tell someone here, right? Oh, you know, would you, would you eat a dog? They'd say, no. Then you say, okay, why? Oh, well, it's in my culture. Excellent. Same reason, in the same way, some things are in my culture. Yeah, things I've been brought up with. I can't really justify them, my opinions on them. I can't really justify these opinions. But I can say, well, it's in my culture. That's why it's probably not for me. Right. And I, honestly, I don't. And in terms of people, I don't care. And so that's why I think, you know, if I was to marry a Christian, even a Jew, man, and by the way, with Jews, 90% of the, of the racism towards Jews is because of Israel. Yeah. Right. And no one. And, and if you study international relations, international law, like, like I did, you'd realize that the Israeli and Palestinian conflict is much, much more complex than, you know, sending a, a YouTube video saying, fuck Israel. Free Palestine. It's much more complex than that. Uh, you're allowed to the Jews and Christians religiously. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to. <clears throat> well, religiously, yeah, right. But that for me, that that extends to. I think I'd want someone who's a little bit spiritual, right? But you know, how many Christians do they practice? Don't know. Minority, minority, right? And so, what what's the difference between a non-practicing Christian? And an atheist. Not too much. I guess right? it's just belief then. It's just belief, right? It's not too, not too much of a difference. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, of course, I don't want a militant atheist. I don't want someone who hates religion. That's, that's awful. I, don't, I hate those people. But I also don't care if she, you know, um, isn't open to converting or doesn't agree with me on this issue or, or that issue. Of course, yeah, believing in God's that's quite important. So probably then I'd draw a limit. But you know, if she believes in God but doesn't have a religion, but she's a great person, then so why she's on just earth agnostic? For no, well, no, agnostic are open to the belief, but they don't actually believe. So say she believes in God but doesn't actually have a religion. Who you know, and she's a great person. Will be a good mum, for example, good with family. Then why? Who am I to say? Oh, well, I'm not going to marry you. I'm going to marry a Muslim who's. Um, 
got loads of issues and is intolerant and is a shit mum. Would you want your kids to be raised Muslim? <clears throat> yeah. I think it'd be hard, man. That and that's one of the I think for you that's one of the the deciding factors, isn't it, of marrying a Muslim? You want your kids to be Yeah, yeah, it makes it easier. Yeah. That way, you know what I mean? They aren't getting taught two different things. But um, I think for me, being a Muslim is way, way more, more than reading five times a day. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, definitely. And reading Quran, isn't it? And, I, know, I, know we, I know we all say that, but none of us practice it. Being a Muslim is about being tolerant. And how many people are tolerant if, if you know, they see a, a gay person at work or a Jewish person? How many people are really that tolerant, right? Inside, they're judging them like fucking crazy. They're like, oh, you fucking this, you that. You know, how, how many people are going to be tolerant if you know a, a woman gets an abortion yeah maybe outside but inside they're going to be judging them this that they don't know what she's been through they don't know these people's stories that's what i want right i want kids who are tolerant yeah i want them to be open-minded and yeah of course i want them to be muslim right but that's what that means to me it doesn't mean reading five times a day all the time it doesn't mean being an institutionalized religious person right going to quran class getting your ass beat <laughs> i talked about in the last Podcast episode. Christ, man, some of the kutnya I got, man, for no reason. For no reason. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but to be honest, the truth is, bro, I doubt I'm gonna find someone who's on that level. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying. I'm so I don't think you're gonna find them in the Pakistani community. You know, I mean, because yeah, well, definitely. Like and that. bro, I, and I love, I love our community, man. Yeah. I love, I love these people. But yeah, you're not going to find people who are very open-minded and tolerant. I'm sorry. It just doesn't run. We've got to change it. We've got to change it. We have our positives, like the the unity you can feel amongst them. But mm-hmm. anyone that's not in that unity, they're just disregarded. Like, it's difficult, man. We've never considered these questions, you know? We don't get I'm sure if someone came out as homosexual in the community and they'd be lampooned, you know what I mean? They'd be... Oh, there's so many people. Know, yeah. So many I have people have questions about people. Yeah, yeah. They haven't came and, in. And then what do we do? We outcast them, make them outcasts, so that their only mates are going to be people who drive them even further away from from what's right and what's like religion and stuff. That's true. Uh, instead of actually taking them in, talking to them, you know, no one's stop trying to change gay people. Yeah. Right. So you don't know what's going on in their heads. Stop trying to change them. My belief is. It's not haram to be gay, but it's haram mm. to act upon it. Act upon it, of course, yeah. But at the same time, you know, imagine I told, you know, Bilal off the street. Not Bilal, you know, but just <laughs> any, any Bilal off the street, you know, you know, it's haram to do to have sex before marriage. Yeah, I don't hate you. I hate your actions. And And, you know, save, you know, how difficult is that? Imagine you told him you're not allowed to have sex for the rest of your life. Right? Imagine you told someone yeah. that. That that's difficult, man. That difficult. We're having a mature conversation. That is a that is a hard thing. So imagine telling a gay person that. Yeah. That is not the news that they really want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> this is I love having this conversation, man, because um, one of my mates was gay in Germany and he's a really good mate of mine. He made me think about these things much, much more differently. Mm. Yeah. Um, much more differently. 
pretty crazy. On the note of like sex before marriage, that upsets me when I find out people I know like not just that, right? But just done. <coughs> it disheartens me, you know what I mean? I'm like, mm-hmm. I want my brothers to be the best they can be. Okay. Off the path. This is relevant actually actually. That's not too much talking about. No, 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 it's it's interesting. I think bro, I think uh, each to their own man. Yeah, let people do what they want. Um, one thing I would say is the hypocrisy of of judging guys less harshly than girls is pretty bad. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, biologically there is no difference. And you can say what you want, man. You know, you can say, oh, it's in my genes. Um, you know, it's, it's in my biological genes to spread my seed and shit. You can say what you want. That's not really true. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not true. How many, of you's, how many of these guys who say, oh, I'm a hunter-gatherer and I have to... <laughs> Get with loads of birds, right? How many of them was the last time they went hunting for food? <laughs> yeah, they've got the same comforts as ev- every other person. Mm-hmm. You're not a hunter gatherer, mate. You can't shit. You know? and, and, you know, if you're going to do that, go for it, right? It's your life. You deal with the consequences, right? Um, but don't justify it. I hate that. Don't mm-hmm. justify it. Last year, you posted something on Facebook, a uh, status that gain some traction <clears throat> uh, cause some friction as well would you like mm. to summarise what you said you tell me right so you, you try and you summarise it basically my understanding you was you, you said you've never experienced racism plus maybe it's to do with your name I, would, I never see my view on it was I never seen anything wrong with that because you're just saying your own opinion and what's happened to you your own experience you're not saying racism doesn't exist. <laughs> and I think people took it wrong. Yeah. So I, I, this was during like the height of like the Black Lives Matter stuff that was going on this summer, right? So everyone's quite tense. There's a lot of emotions going on. And so I said on my Facebook status, um, I don't know if it's because I went to a private school. I don't know if it's because I've got a white sounding name, a double R, right? But I've personally never experienced much racist abuse in my life or probably not any um and i said if anything my race has helped me to to fight break down barriers and and keep working and do even better right in life and that fucking caused a fucking firestorm in the comments man and the worst thing i did was post it on linkedin linkedin oh well i don't know what happened on linkedin what happened to linkedin was even worse because linkedin the people don't know me Mm-hmm. So these people were firing in from all cylinders, right? And and I know what people thought. People thought that I was saying that racism didn't exist. It's exactly what they thought, right? And also they were looking for an argument because it's easy to argue online, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's not what I was saying. The truth is, man, like there was a narrative. There was a narrative in the summer of people posting statuses saying that they've been held back in a company or held back in life because of their, the colour of their skin. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, I interpreted that as excuses for not achieving, not, succeed, not succeeding at things. And, <clears throat> and I thought it was like, quite convenient for them to just say, oh, well, it's because of my race. Because the problem with that is when you start to convince yourself that you're being discriminated against and you're not going to achieve things in life because of your race, what you're saying is 
it's impossible for me to achieve things because you can't change the color of your skin. That's impossible to, you can't change it. Right. It's, you can't control it. You can't control it. It's like the weather. Yeah. Right. When you start blaming the weather because that you couldn't go out jogging, then you'll never go out jogging because you can't control the weather. Mm-hmm. So that was a problem for me. Um, and so what I wanted to say was for me personally, it's never held me back. Right. And the, the amount of comments I got of people saying that this was ridiculing the BLM movement, which, you know, I didn't know. I wasn't trying to ridicule a guy who got murdered by cops in America. I wasn't trying to do that. But I was, everyone was speaking about race. So I thought, okay, let me give my opinion on race, not about black people, not about anything else. And of course, yeah, the status was about four lines long. Yeah, not very long. And, and I tried to keep it straight to the point. But with a complex topic like that, when you go straight to the point, you can interpret it a million different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, got a lot of stick for it. Lot of comments. Lot of comments. Lot of I still, and then and then I deleted it. Posted another status saying, um, "It's pro- it's not true that I've never experienced racism, because there have been some incidents where I have. Uh, didn't mean to, um, you know, go against George Floyd. You know, didn't mean to say anything bad about the boy. Um, and I think that was it. That was pretty much, pretty much some sort of fucking apology status. No, no." I've realized never to post anything about politics, ever. <laughs> That's just my rule now. Right? I, I'm, I'm never posting another status, another this, another that, about politics or anything controversial. It just gets you absolutely fucking nowhere. Gets you nowhere. These things you can't control. You can't control racism. You can't control these things. The only thing you can control in life is your reaction to things and things that you do. That's the only thing you can control. This is a problem I have with some of the people who commented on my statuses, right? And many of the people in universities right now, they get angry at everything. They get triggered at everything, right? They're allowing themselves to become more and more unhappy, more and more angry at the world because they get angry at everything, right? These aren't things you can control. What you can control is your own actions to make the world better. That's all that you can do. And if more and more people do that, the world becomes better. People yeah. see the world differently. Stop getting angry at everything. That's my problem. What I do you think? I don't know. Unjustly came after you. Because, yeah, you were just saying how you felt. And... <laughs> I was just... <laughs> that firestorm, man, honestly. It's got notifications every two seconds. It's a madness. Going back, would you never posted it, or did you no. learn something from it? Uh, learned something. I did learn something because you know, if I never posted it, I would have still been posting about politics. So yeah, I would have posted it, but I'll never post about politics or anything stupid like that. Oh, yeah. Keep never. keep that to the group chats, and it. Keep that not even to group chats. Keep that to fucking <laughs> your fucking conferences and your academic discussions. Don't. Mm. There's no point. There's just, bro, I, I don't know if you, I actually, I, I deleted my whole Facebook, actually. Not after that because of that, but because I had so many political stuff on there. I was, I, I was into politics at 14 years old, right? <laughs> I'm sure you probably said was, some crazy Before shit. it was cool. Mm-hmm. I was into politics before it was cool. <laughs> I was into the Uyghurs and the, and the Myanmar Muslims before it was cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and uh, I used to post statuses and statuses about this shit, thinking people think I'm smart and I'll get loads of likes and people think, oh, he's the man. Um, and then when you get older, you realize actually it's got you absolutely nowhere. You're actually not even that much smarter than other people. Right? Yeah, you know, a few more statistics and that's it. And you're also not making a difference. That's not activism by posting on statuses. It opens you up to much more criticism. More criticism, exactly. So, you know, I thought, you know, if I really want to do things, if I really want to be an activist uh, and actually help people, I need to focus on myself. Yeah. That's it. And uh, trust me, man, I know we have some people that we both know who talk a little bit too much on these social media platforms and maybe don't do enough. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. And uh, maybe too quick to criticise, get angry, get triggered at things. I don't know. I agree. There's the whole, <laughs> there's this type of Instagram type of person that's just a oh, activist yeah. type of Instagram person. They post yeah. a lot, but I don't think it achieves it. And, it doesn't achieve anything. You know. Barack Obama said, I watched an interview with him, he said, when you go and you start cancelling people on Twitter and exposing people and posting statuses, that is not activism. Hmm. That's stupid. That's doing the opposite. What that does is drive people away. It's not activism. Yeah. Thankfully, I've realized that now. But. Good. So, I got asked this question a lot um, when I posted status. What about microaggressions? Mm-hmm. Do you know what microaggressions are? It's like when people treat you differently. Like, I don't think they fully even know why they're doing it. If they just small things, small remarks, small things you can treat someone differently. That's my understanding. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's right. Do you, so, an example of a microaggression is like, for example, like, you know, you're good looking for an Asian guy. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I've had that. I wish I had that one. Um, you're uh, you're smart for a you know a black person, etc. That's that kind of thing, right? But mm-hmm. you know a little bit more subtle. So that's what microaggression is. And um, people were like, "Oh, well, what about microaggressions? They are they're they're damaging. They have detrimental effects." I was like, "What are you on about?" I don't know a single person on planet Earth who hasn't experienced a microaggression yeah, white on course. Earth, right? Fat people experience microaggressions. People with different accents, right? People who are small, yeah, ugly people. <laughs> Everyone experiences microaggressions. The other day, right? Not the other day, but when this was happening, I was spoken, speaking to a friend and he said, um, oh yeah, you know, me and, me and this guy, yeah, we, we, we get picked on a lot at work and stuff, yeah. And uh, he, w- he was like, I think it's racism against me. And I was like, what about the mm. other guy? And he was like, oh, he's white, but he's from, uh, he's from a different, he's from a different area. He's like from the north, so he gets picked on a lot. So I was like, well, how is that racism? If he's the same race as the other people, right? How, how, how is that? And he was like, no, 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 but um, yeah, he has a different accent and stuff. That's not racism, right? And, you know, microaggressions don't just, that's, that's a microaggression. And the microaggressions don't just happen um, to uh, uh, non-white people. This guy was white. He had a different accent. He got microaggressions against him. He experienced microaggressions. Mm-hmm. Fat people experience microaggressions probably all the time. I know. I was one of them. <laughs> right? Um, everyone, man. Short people. Like, come on. These things do not have detrimental effects. This is part and parcel of life. Get on with it. You know? That's a good point, man. 
<laughs> yeah, everyone hates everyone. You know what I mean? Anyone is different. Anyone just... So speaking about microaggressions to fat people, you say you used to be fat, but fitness has helped you. Let's talk about it. How has fitness helped you? Yeah, yeah. How did you get there? And where are you going? So that's a good segue, man. Um, see, man, I uh, pray overweight pretty much for all of my life, right? Um, and uh, so probably up until sixth year of school, I've always been overweight. And it's not great, man, especially when all your mates are skinny, right? It's not, it's not, it's not a good look, right? And I was heavy, super into sport. So all my mates were sporty and athletic. So that wasn't great either. Were you good at sports Yeah, played cricket, pretty high level. Played rugby for the second 15, was vice captain for them. Um, played um, football regularly and stuff like that. So yeah, played a lot of sports. Um, and, uh, you know, as I was going through, you know, you'd always have this thing. And it was a combination of a really bad genetics for my family. Um, and also just getting poor nutrition when I was growing up because my family had no idea about that kind of stuff. Um, and so when I was growing up, you know, I was, even though I was doing the exercise, I was just eating way too much. And so I always stayed quite far. Even when I lost it in about first year of uni, that kind of coincides with, um, you know, going on Instagram and seeing like fitness models and seeing them guys on steroids, these, all these guys with six pack abs. And you know yourself, man. When you start comparing yourself to other people, it's never good. Mm. Never good, man. Right? So even when you're at a healthy weight, which I probably was in first year, you know, it, it was awful, man. Like I felt so inadequate, insecure. It was the worst. It was the worst. I was like, Christ, man, I'm never going to be like that. Mm. Um, and then I uh, went to Germany. Right? Always pray into weightlifting and the German stuff. Deleted Instagram. So I thought, okay, let's see if that helps. Basically, work Couldn't quite you just hard. follow different things? It comes up, man, on the explore page. You're, the mind, you know, you go on the explore page, your brain is instantly not attracted, but wants to look at, like, you know, jacked guys and shit. Not in that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> topic was there. Never understand. <laughs> but, like, um, I was into bodybuilding, weightlifting. I'd be like, all right, fuck me, man. This guy's massive. <laughs> Someone, someone's gonna take this out of context. I already know it. So, so you'd be like, okay, well, fucking hell, right? And then, um, the mind naturally goes to these people, even like the, the fitness girls, right? They're like, oh, no, everyone on board like that, man. Everyone on board that fitness model. How are you gonna get that if you're a fat bastard? Like, the oh, fuck, man, like, something happened, man. And then that's when you get, you get fucking depressed, yeah. And so, you know, you're looking at it and you're like, okay, cool. So, I delete Instagram. And there was a gym four minute walk away from my dorm. And I was living at home, not much else to do. So every day about 7 p.m., I'd uh, find the courage and the motivation to go to the gym, right? And I'd just start lifting weights in Germany. This was in Germany, right? And I did that for a solid um, six months. And when I came back, honestly, I knew everything had transformed because the guys who had saw me when I left, we're now being like, what the fuck happened to you? Like, I, I even got one guy saying, if you actually been on steroids, like, be honest. <laughs> right? I was like, honestly, it's just been like hard work. And it was just a case of um, eating protein, right? Tracking calories, 
finding out how food works and just going to the gym consistently three, four times mm. a week. That was it. That was honestly it. I was like, well, you know, I, I stuck at it really hard. And by that time, it'd become a habit. It was up here. So it meant that I carried that on for the whole of the Erasmus year, for fourth year of uni. And even when lockdown hit, this was the best thing. This is the best thing about building a habit. Even when lockdown hit, all the gyms were closed for six months. I knew that I don't care. It doesn't matter how fat I get in lockdown. I knew that I had the systems in place to get back to the shape that I was at before. Mm-hmm. Right? I knew that if I eat my porridge oats every morning, if I have my tuna sandwich for lunch, I'm chicken and rice in the evening and go to the gym. I know that within one, two months, I'll make up all the muscle and I'll come become lean again. That's exactly what happened until the lockdown hit again. Right? Um, uh, but, you know, even now, not in, not, in the great, not in great shape, but I know when I go to China and the gyms are there, you know, cooking for myself, chicken and salad, that's just gonna, it's gonna come back to you. And bro, the, the, the fucking self-confidence that you get from, the, there's a quote, right? Peace of body, peace of mind, mm. right? When I realized that um, I was healthy, yeah, that was it. I mean, I could pretty much do whatever I wanted. When you have the systems in place, yeah, when you know that you're gonna exercise, you know you're gonna eat clean, you don't have to worry about anything else, man. You can work as hard as you can, as hard as you want. Yeah, you know that you're always gonna come back to this thing. Come back to eating clean and and at least you won't have to compromise your health. Mm-hmm. A great feeling, man. Mm-hmm. Another guy that went to Hong Kong, he got a steam cooker and just ate rice yeah. continuously. <laughs> so maybe yeah. that's something you can take forward again. But yeah, you know, it's great that's to hear that how it changed your life. Come back from Germany, you must have got yeah. all sorts of DMs from all these girls. Like, oh, look, man, <laughs> looking like a spicy samosa. Yeah, I'm funny guy, man. <laughs> how's the DM situation then? And how's the love life right now? Let's hear it, Harris. Spill the beans. We want to get saucy. Tell us, man. I'm sure you're going to break some hearts, some listeners right now. They're like, oh, man. You can, you can tell by the way I'm laughing that I got fucking nothing when I was younger. You can just tell. Um, no, man. See, when I, when I came back from Germany, I was obviously like a pretty new kind of person. Um, and I started, you know, had more healthy habits and stuff. So actually, man, you kind of notice a little bit more attention from, from girls, man. It, it's just natural. It happens. Hell yeah. It happens. I noticed it. I noticed it. I noticed some eyes. Yeah, things I didn't notice before. But the problem is because I'm still, in my mind, I'm still mm-hmm. that guy from... And when I was 14, 15, still overweight, I don't fully comprehend it. I don't fully notice it. So even when, you know, you get a wee glance, I'm like, oh, well, is there something in my hair? <laughs> like, there must be something wrong with me, right? That, that's never going to go away, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, it was a bit more attention. It's all right. Um, but I'm not into that life, man. Like that whole DM, DM life. I hate it. With DMs, hate DMs the whack. I only, only just got Instagram back. I know, I remember. I've seen, yeah. did it? Twice now, I think. Delete. Twice, back, man. Came back yeah. again. Yeah, uh, too bored, man. Back on the fitness, what advice would you give to the listeners uh, if they would also like to follow the path sure. that you went down? Everything is about habits. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everything is about habits. If you want to pray five times a day, you have to make a habit of it, right? You have to do it at the same time every single day until it becomes ingrained into your mind. As simple as that, right? 
Um, if you want to wake up early, it's a habit. Everything's habits. We're creatures of habits. So if you want to become healthy, if you want your dream body, right? Not the Instagram crap that you see, which is filtered, edited, um, guys on shitloads of steroids because they know they'll get paid for every Instagram post if they have six pack abs, right? They're doing it for money. And these Insta models who literally have Photoshop for their pictures, not that. If you want your dream body and I'm looking good, you have to create a habit of these things, right? Um, so you have to go to the gym at the same time every day. Well, at least that's what worked for me. You've got to eat pretty much the same stuff and change your relationship with food. See it as medicine, something to build, not just as something for enjoyment. Um, and you have to sleep seven to eight hours a day. These are simple, healthy habits. The sleep one go. could probably be overlooked. Uh, people probably overlook that one. They overlook that, man. And you don't overlook that. That's awful. Yeah. Seven to nine hours you need. Differs depending on person. Seven minimum you need that. Um, I read a book right recently. It's called Sapiens right, by, I think, Noah Harari. I think the guy's name is. Amazing book. And what he said was that um, human, the first ever human beings, the prehistoric people, Homo sapiens, right? They were just like any other animal. Okay, they used to hunt and kill. They didn't have minds, advanced minds, right? So they used to act like animals. They were competing with other animals, cheetahs, mammoths, leopards, everything else, competing for the same prey, right? The same foods. They had the same resources. Then they developed um, minds, right? There was a cognitive revolution where we became much smarter. We started using different techniques, different resources. We developed fire and fire meant that we were able to eat much better. We were able to ward off enemies. And slowly, slowly, we've become more and more and more and more advanced to now. We are, we are easily by mile, miles smarter than any other animal uh, on planet Earth, right? And so smart, that we're actually now going to conquer other planets, right? SpaceX going to Mars. Yeah, there's some other stuff going on where they're going to actually engineer um, extinct species. Have you seen that? Yeah, some Jurassic Park shit. Yeah, yeah, some Jurassic Park shit. So that's how advanced we've become. But the problem with that is <clears throat> our biology is still the same as it was in prehistoric times, right? So even though our minds advanced, our biology is the same. We still need seven to eight hours of sleep. We still need good nutrition, which is varied, protein, carbs, natural food. And we still need to exercise and move our body and work out. These things will never change. This is biology. It might change in 10,000 years, but you don't have 10,000 years on this planet. You need to get on this quick. Our lives, the way we live them, how we go to a nine to five, sometimes nine to fucking nine for some people they work all day they eat crap they eat sugar they don't sleep that's not how you're going to live a healthy life it's not going to be a good life your body's not going to accept you for that it never will so you need to get in the habit of doing your things right of you know these basic things sleep nutrition exercise these are basics that's very good artist yeah <laughs> Sus, yeah, got real there. That's a lot to take in, man. The biology factor is very interesting. It's a great book, Sapiens. I would recommend it. Recommend it. 
If given the chance, would you go to Mars? With no return back? Hmm. Yeah, forward. Are you able to let go of everything you have on this earth? Yeah. People? I, I think <clears throat> we have 80 years on average on this planet. I'm 22, you're 22. Yeah. We're a quarter of a way done with our life. Depressing, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> when you feel like that, yeah. yeah. You've got a few more years left, 60 odd years. You want to try and experience as much as you can. Yeah. You want to try and waste no time. And you want to live a healthy, happy life. If I get the chance to go to Mars, fucking take it. <laughs> fucking love to experience that. Yeah. But there's a deeper meaning to that, right? You want to experience everything. Don't just want to be stuck in Glasgow. Same shite weather. Yeah. Same shite things to see every day. Same shisha bars. <laughs> Yeah, go on. Speaking of which, travelling to distant lands, experiencing new things, this Saturday you're leaving to China. go to the rising, no, that's Japan, the rising sun. <laughs> you're going to China. <laughs> the rising economic powerhouse. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about that. Yeah, man, so said in the start, I was going to teach English and uh, I fucking will. <laughs> um, my family had given up. They were like, you know, I was supposed to go in August. They like, you know, you're not going to get in. Somehow the agency has cobbled up together a plan. And I'm going to go to China. I'm going to teach English for six months. But the main thing I'm going there for is experience and travel. Mm -hmm. yeah. Again, the same as Germany. I like that. Again. again, the same as Germany. I'm going to travel. I'm going to meet new people, different people. Um, Try some know, dog. Let's maybe eat some, maybe yeah. some kutta. <laughs> To be a German shepherd, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and then hopefully, man, from there, I can go on and do even more stuff. But I love sure. the travel bug, man. I caught it. You would love it, man. You'd love to live in a different country. It's intimidating, you know. So, well, you know, teaching English, anyone can do it. Mm -hmm. you know, let me, uh, this is a message for all your viewers. Most of them will have university degrees. You can you can teach English with your university degree. You don't need to have had an English. You can do it with a maths degree, right? You need a 120-hour TEFL course online. You need an agency, and they'll give you a job without experience. Just get in touch with the right agency. There's so many countries they need English people. They need people to teach them English. Do you have everything in place? You got a place to stay? It's, yeah. So they pay for rent and they pay for flights. They pay for other things. It's a great agency. Um, uh, problem is, you know, the situation so volatile that I might not even end up going on Saturday. Things are booked, but they might get cancelled. Sure, man. I hope not. But I well, hope not, man. And hopefully everything works out, inshallah. And uh, you know, man, travelling and, and going away is something that something I never thought I'd be. I never thought I'd be this guy who'd travel and see things. I thought I'd just be in Glasgow, keep my network here, stay home. Mm -hmm. But um, I've totally think in my mind, my mind's totally changed in the last two or three years, totally transformed. And um, this is a, an example of that one. After China, where would you like to go? After China, 
Mm, probably come back. Uh, I still want to do the law stuff, go into international law. So we'll see. One thing I do know probably, this is probably a message to my future wife. <laughs> I'm not going to stay in Glasgow. Hell yeah, boy. We getting that Bosnian <laughs> wife. <laughs> I, I'm going to move. I'm going to move. I don't care where. Um, Netherlands, Belgium, Germany, these are great, great countries to live. Probably better than the UK. Mm. And I'm probably going to live in one of these countries. Inshallah. Inshallah. I can see myself, I can see, see myself going there. Is there anything else you'd like to see, Harris? I think a lot of people, especially in our community, you know, born and raised in the UK, Pakistani, Muslim, um, you know, went to uni, you know, it's good. They live a great life. But I think they are looking for something else. I, th- I, think, I think they know that they have potential, they have other interests and they can't really pursue them. I think for those kind of people, I would just say, stop caring what your community and other people think. Stop caring even sometimes what your family think, right? And just go and pursue these things. And if you want to go and travel the world, like you see on Instagram, if that's genuinely something you want, then what are you doing here? I know we're in lockdown, but, you know, I was in lockdown and I still managed to get away because I tried hard at it. Um, and I'd say, you know, if you're scared of taking risks, if you're scared of stepping out your comfort zone, then you'll never achieve anything in life. And then you'll be 40 and then you'll regret all your life decisions. Do things while you're young. Make the most of life. Yeah. You know, your family might convince you not to. That's true. But they only want the best thing for you. But sometimes, you know, they will just want you to follow their path and sometimes you've got to follow your own. Powerful words, Alice. Before we end, promote your TikTok and YouTube once more. Yeah. For sure, the listeners. Yeah, if they'd yeah like sure. To, where I mean, else can they get you, basically? Yeah, sure. You can uh, you can follow me on Instagram uh, if you want. Um, what's it? Harris underscore M98 probably change um, you probably delete it when you go to chain <laughs> yeah, yeah i'll probably end up deleting it in a few months but yeah you can follow me if you want um tiktok harrison nt if you're a law student or you know any law students yeah send them over pretty good and then i've got a youtube channel international law explained which is quite boring but if you're a law student you're into that into history mm-hmm. you can go for it but um uh thank you appreciate this opportunity but by the way listening to me talk shit i think it's pretty therapeutic <laughs> I've been I've been simping I've been simping over this podcast for so long. <laughs> I really want to get on it. I appreciate it, I appreciate it. Yeah. You've been a great guest. You brought a lot of spice. That's what that's the thing I look for. I look for the space. Love the space. Thank you for coming on. It's my pleasure. And to the listeners, don't forget to stay spicy. Mamma mia, that's a spicy 